What's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Backup Fantasy Sports. It is Monday, March 28th, and today I will be talking about some F1 fantasy with the Saudi Arabian Grand Prix taking place last night. It is in our rearview mirror, so we're going to discuss some winners and losers. Max Verstappen got the win with Charles Leclerc, as I've learned to pronounce properly, taking second, and Carlos Sainz on the podium in Third, uh, Sergio Perez got the pole during qualifying on Saturday, his first pole in 215 career races. So that was a little bit of a fun fact. And yeah, we'll just go through all the notes that I have written down, just kind of hit the winners and losers and intertwine what I saw over the weekend as some fantasy notes. So first winner has to be Red Bull. Um... Both cars finished the race, so that is a massive success compared to Bahrain last weekend. Uh, they took pole with Sergio Perez, and they won the race with Max. So they got the most points out of any constructor this entire weekend. 37 points, more than Ferrari, certainly more than Mercedes, which we'll talk about later. It was uh, talked about by both Red Bull and Ferrari that Red Bull definitely had more speed on the straights this weekend. And it seemed to help a lot on a course like Saudi Arabia, which had some massive straight line speed going down. Um, but it was a little bit of Max Verstappen looking in his crystal ball because on Saturday he qualified in fourth place and he was pretty mad about it. He was not happy about qualifying in fourth at all. But he said that he knew the car had the potential to win because Sergio took the pole and that's exactly what happened in the race. He uh, pretty much overtook Leclerc right at the death with some DRS. He fell for what Leclerc was doing in Bahrain, where Charles would let Max overtake him on one set of the track and then just get DRS and just fly right by him again. And then last night it happened... I think with about five laps to go, Max passed Charles and he went by him and then Charles passed him again. But then with two laps remaining, maybe the final lap, or not the final lap, but the second to last lap, Max kind of dummied him out, waited, waited, patience, and then finally got him. And then there was a safety car that kind of took the momentum away from Leclerc and it paid off as Red Bull got on the board for the first time in 2022. So they are the first winner of the weekend. And then for most of the race, it was looking like a pretty good battle between Ferrari and Red Bull. I mean, Sergio got the pole, but it all kind of changed in uh, lap 17 where Nicholas Latifi crashed and a safety car came out, but Perez had actually pitted right before the safety car came out while Leclerc, Carlos Sainz, and Max all stayed out. So they got to pit, come back out, and Perez just kind of luck of the draw. And that actually happened to Lewis Hamilton later, but we'll get to him in another section. The second winner is Ferrari. It kind of proved that they weren't just one-hit wonders from Bahrain. They're going to be competing with Red Bull this year. I don't know. It's so early. It's still only two races, but they look like they can match them. The straight line speed that we talked about with Red Bull 
could be a problem, but they've got two weeks until Australia now to kind of figure that out. And can they get up to speed and maybe compete with Red Bull, like really for poles and winning races the entire year? Or are they just going to be like two, three, four? So we'll see. I mean, Leclerc had the whole, he led a majority of the race. He just got kind of outdriven by Max at the end. And then the safety car, it would have been like, if we had two more laps, it would have been interesting to see what would have happened there. But Leclerc and signs on the podium again. Ferrari's not going to complain about that. Leclerc now has more podiums in two races this year than he had in all of last season, where he only got on the podium once. And they're leading the drivers and the constructors championships through two races. Pretty sure if you asked anyone at Ferrari in the preseason if they would be happy with that after two races, they would have taken that. So not a lot to complain about at Ferrari, but obviously when you are the team in red, you expect to be the best. And they looked really good all weekend. I'm kind of wondering if during the race it was affected because um, in the second practice on Friday night, which was as close to a race simulation as they could get with the temperatures and the time of day. Ferrari, uh, both signs and Leclerc had like little nicks into the wall and they uh, were not able to simulate long runs on the track with how much fuel they would have. So I wonder if that kind of came into play at all. So hopefully things go smoother in Australia and uh, with two weeks to kind of make some adjustments. We'll, it'll be interesting to see if Ferrari can kind of bounce back at Red Bull or if Red Bull have fixed their minor issue they had in Bahrain and they are just ready to take off and dominate this season because it looks like they are leaving Mercedes in the dust. And the final winner is Kevin Magnussen because he continues to impress. I mean, K-Mag is back. This is great. For Haas, it's great for F1. It's a feel-good story. He's uh, already gone up 0.5 or 0.5 million in price on the F1 fantasy game. And it's well-deserved. He's one of four drivers to finish in the top 10 in qualifying and the races both weeks. So in F1 fantasy, once you get to five qualifiers, or if you qualify in the top 10 or you finish the race, in the top 10, you get a streak. And after five races, you get bonus points. They accumulate. You get more points for finishing more races in a row. So drivers on the streaks. So in qualifying, it's only through two races. But in qualifying, only Max, George Russell, Charles Leclerc, Carlos Sainz, Sergio Perez, Pierre Gasly, Fernando Alonso, Valtteri Bottas, and Kevin Magnussen have qualified in the top 10 both weekends. You'll notice that. Lewis Hamilton is not on that list in a stunning Saturday qualifying result. And then in the race for the two top tens, we have Lewis, George Russell again, Charles Leclerc, Carlos Sainz, Esteban Ocon, who had a great weekend, and Kevin Magnussen as well. So that means that only four drivers that have finished top 10 in qualifying and the race are George Russell, Charles Leclerc, Carlos Sainz, and Kevin Magnussen. So he is now 50, he's on 
of F1 squads. So he's pretty template. Like you kind of got to get him in, even at six million. Like as long as Haas are doing what they're doing, they are so cheap and like they're a salary salary relief option that can enable you to get up to the bigger guns like a max if you want to invest in him. So it's definitely something to look forward to if you're a fan of Haas. And I mean, even Mick Schumacher was looking pretty good this weekend, but he had a pretty big crash and he just wasn't able to race. They, I think the, the team doctor said it wasn't going to go well if he got in a car again. So he looked pretty okay. I think he posted on Twitter that he was fine. And so hopefully he's back for Australia because it was pretty big crash. I'm glad to see he's all right. So that is the winners. The three winners are Red Bull, Ferrari, and Kevin Magnussen. But now we move to the losers. And the biggest loser of the weekend, unfortunately, has to be Lewis Hamilton, whose bizarre start to the 2022 F1 season continues. He's still the most expensive F1 option or fantasy option in the game, but there is just no way that he should be on your team right now while whatever is going on at Mercedes is it's still not fixed. He didn't make it out of Q1 for the first time since Brazil 2017, nearly five five seasons there. He seemed down on the car all weekend. He mentioned after qualifying that he thinks the team found something to build on in P3, but then they maybe changed it too much the other way in for qualifying. And he said he was like nervous in the car and he couldn't do anything. And he didn't expect to really move up at all in the race. And I mean, he finished 10th, so he got a point. But I mean, there were so many DNFs. We had one, two, three, four, five, six, six DNFs. Mick Schumacher didn't start. I mean, Yuki Sonoda didn't really start either. He had engine problems, which is another issue for Alpha Tauri because that's two car problems in two weekends for them. And uh, yeah, Hamilton kind of snuck into the top 10, although he did have a chance to be sixth or seventh, but a safety car in the final laps that changed the race with Leclerc and Max actually affected Hamilton as well because Daniel Ricciardo and Fernando Alonso's cars just kind of stalled out on the track, like overheating issues or something. And they were trying to get into the pit lane and Hamilton couldn't get in because these cars were literally being just rolled into the pit lane and it blocked off like the pit lane and Hamilton couldn't get in and he was on the hard tires and he needed to pit to get new tires on, but he had to do it after the safety car and the green flag went and it just kind of dropped him all the way down the standings. He was right in right there at sixth or seventh before the, uh, before the safety car. And that would have been a pretty miraculous weekend just to get out of there with some points. But yeah, now he's one point. And then last weekend, he was pretty lucky with the podium after both Red Bulls kind of went kaput in the final three laps. So Hamilton definitely has to get 
something fixed in his car. There may have been extenuating circumstances, but that is a little bit of speculation. There is a lot of drama going along this weekend, which is actually Formula One is another loser this weekend. Um, if you saw the news, there were some incidents near the tracks and the drivers were kind of like, hey, are we going to be racing this weekend? And it was a really bad look for the the guys holding the money and the, the team bosses and stuff. They pretty much told the drivers that, yep, you're going to be driving no matter what. And it seemed to affect some people. There was apparently a four-hour meeting on Friday night after P2 between the drivers and the team bosses and F1 officials discussing whether they should race at all. Like the drivers did not want to race, according to all reports. And uh, yeah, F1 and the big bosses were like, if you don't race, we'll just replace you. Uh, Drive to Survive legend Gunther from Team Haas said that they would just replace anyone with their replacement driver, which was weird because even though Mick Schumacher was in that crash and was declared out like they didn't actually replace him to start the race. I'm not sure if it was just like the car couldn't get solved in time, but really tough look for F1 this weekend. It's not really fantasy related, but it is uh, unfortunate. I mean, the track is really cool in Saudi Arabia, but the place where the track is located still has some sketchiness to it and i think did that play into lewis hamilton he talked about it like he was like this is crazy like you see what happened like a dozen miles from the track and you can see the smoke and that freaks you out so is did that get in his head he he's a thoughtful guy he like but there was talks of like if you don't race like they don't have to let you out of the country because it's Saudi Arabia and it's kind of craziness. Like they don't play by most of the rules that the rest of us in the world do. So that's unfortunate, but F1, tough look for them. I mean, they eventually did the right thing with Russia by pulling out. They, But it's just like, yikes. You got you to gotta think about some of these things. And I believe it's like a 10-year contract with, Saudi Arabia to race there. So they got in, they got out. It'll be interesting to see what happens next season. If some of these drivers just don't want to go to Saudi Arabia or if there needs to be more protections put in place, that kind of thing. So aside from a political loser, F one ish, the final loser of the week has to be Aston Martin. It has not been the strongest starts for the new team to F1. Uh, they finished 12th and 13th this weekend. It's not looking great right now. They uh, they got through. I mean, Lance Stroll got into Q2. They've had some tough times. I mean, Se Sebastian Vettel, like kind of their, who was supposed to be their main guy, has had COVID. He's been out the first two races of the year. It's pretty tough to just like 
expect them to do that well when they had one driver in all of preseason and then two days before the first race of the year. Like you're like, hey, Nico Hulkenberg, do you want to come race for Aston Martin? He's like, sure. So that's definitely going to be tough. I mean, there's two weeks until Australia now, so you would hope that Vettel can get better. But, I mean, Hulkenberg, Aston Martin as constructor as constructors and Lance Stroll, like they are just no-goes in fantasy right now. That is for sure. I would stay as far away from them as possible, especially around the, the price point that you've got there with both of the drivers. I mean, Hulkenberg just kind of came in at 11.5 where Vettel was, but I mean, realistically, he should be like six. But I guess for price points, that's what they did. But you've got Gasly right there at 13.4, Ocon at 12.4, Alonso at 12.3, and Hulkenberg's at 11.5. Whereas at 9.2 for Lance Stroll, you got Valtteri Bottas, Bottas right there at 9.5. And even like Yuki Tsunoda, who had an unfortunate weekend, but he's shown some promise. And yeah, just total no goes. And I mean, obviously, you got the the great K Mag right there at six if you want to go all the way down, which everyone should. So that kind of wraps up the winners and losers. The winners were Red Bull, Ferrari, and K Mag for their great performances this weekend. And then the losers were Lewis Hamilton, Aston Martin, and just Formula One as a governing body for a tough look for them this week. But through Two weeks, I just wanted to look at the the, uh, the dynamic pricing is back. And it was finally live last week around Wednesday or Thursday. Um, Red Bull, Charles Leclerc, Perez, Sainz, Ocon, Botas, and Magnussen have all risen. Whereas, obviously, we've got some falls for Lewis Hamilton, Mercedes, George Russell's fallen a little bit, McLaren... Lando Norris has fallen 0.5. Daniel Ricciardo has just kind of cratered. Um, yeah, even Pierre Gasly is down a little bit, 13.4. And Fernando Alonso fell as well. But I kind of wanted to look at the amount, the percentage that all of these constructors and drivers were on all of the teams. So people have caught on to Ferrari. Ferrari is on 51% of F1 fantasy players teams and McLaren McLaren and Red Bull are on 12%, Mercedes 6% and every other team is 5% or less. So, it's only 2 weeks in. I don't think it's like early enough to be like you want to be differential and go Red Bull, but they look so strong. The problem is that they are just they're 32.3 million they are the second most expensive asset in the entire game and ferrari's right there at 25.7 they've shot up 0.7 already so you are getting closer um i don't think i mean red bull's gone up they've gone down 0.2 but they have a uh they are 92 percent of the way to a 0.1 million price increase now so this is Monday at like 8.02 Germany time, so 1 a.m. or 2 a.m. East Coast. So you might want to try and if you can get up to Red Bull, which I actually can. I have 7.3 in the bank. So I could go Ferrari to Red Bull, who looked pretty strong. 
Um, and they've had, they got the pole and they probably should have had back-to-back wins to be honest, or at least several podiums in the last two weeks. So it could be the play to go from a 51% Ferrari to a 12% Red Bull. Uh, it's a 13% Red Bull now actually, and save my money or make them my primary asset. Um, but for right now, I, I mean, I like Ferrari. They've got two weeks to kind of get back up to par on the straight line speed. And then uh, we'll see how it goes. So I can't tell right now. I will have a Australia preview pod come out next week sometime, probably late next week sometime. This is more of a review of Saudi Arabia. And then uh, we'll see if anything has changed there, if there's any quotes coming out from the team. And it's always tough with F1 because it's like everything just happens like in a three-day time span. And it's tough to really get anything out there in a timely manner. Uh, For the drivers, everyone is on Charles Leclerc, 61%. K-Mag, 51%. Botas, 49%. Carlos Sainz, 48%. Max Verstappen, 38%. Gasly, 32, Perez, 30, Lando Norris, still somehow 25% rostered. Um, McLaren were very close to being on the losers list once again, but I mean, Lando, P7, uh, it's been a pretty disastrous start. They are nowhere near where they want to be this year, but P7 is P7, points are points, so you can't be too upset if you're them even after this very discouraging start and then you've got Mick Schumacher 23% just as like an enabler but I mean Haas have looked good so I I understand it I I wouldn't go double Haas I wouldn't go Mick and Kevin but uh Kevin is obviously if you don't have him it's time to get him because even six million for what he's producing right now and with two weeks off I expect a lot of teams to do to get better after two weeks of like race testing um, like on the ground, car to car kind of stuff is going to be interesting. And then you've got George Russell at 20%. And then just Lewis Hamilton as a notable at 16%. Uh, I would, that should shoot down because Hamilton looked, his car did not look great this year or this weekend. And honestly, this year too. Uh, as for my team this last week in Saudi Arabia, I, uh, oh, hold on. I'm on the, uh, Australian. Here we go. Uh, 206 points with uh, Leclerc as my turbo driver. Sainz, Perez, Magnussen, and Botas. I switched out Lando for Perez, and then I went uh, from Gasly to Botas. And uh, Botas was looking good, and just he DNF'd or he had to go into the pits and they just retired the car. And so that was unfortunate. Would have had all five drivers probably in the top eight, which would have been perfect. Or top nine, because K Mag finished ninth. And then I had Ferrari as my constructor once again. Um, yeah, it's kind of nice to have all of these, like most of these drivers have gone up in price so that feels 
great. Uh, right now, my team value is, if I can find it, I always forget where I can see this. So right now, my team value is uh, 101.9 million. It looks like Perez, Sainz, Leclerc all have green sentiments, meaning they're about to go up another 0.1. Um, it'll be interesting to see how much that rises over the next two weeks, if it does rise at all. Um, if they keep rising, it's definitely going to make the Ferrari to Red Bull move a lot more tempting to kind of just have like two Ferrari and two Red Bull assets, even though Perez is going to lose out a lot of points, usually as not qualifying or finishing ahead of Max, but he does have that two race or two qualifying streak going along with him as well. I'm not going to get rid of K-Mag. And I still think Alfa Romeo and Valtteri have some stuff to do. I mean, it's just a super hot weekend. We'll see what happens in Australia. If the results or the uh, issues in the Romeo get kind of fixed and before Australia, it sounds like a lot of cars just overheated. I mean, there were one, two, three, four, five, five cars DNF'd. Uh, I mean, Sonoda didn't even really start. Um, and then Mick Schumacher didn't even make the starting grid. So, yeah, I mean, it's been it's super fun, F1. I, I, the fantasy game is, I love the dynamic price change. It's kind of like makes me check it once a day, like, make sure that I'm not about to lose 0.1 and hopefully just check in to see if I gain 0.1. And the budget aspect of it is actually incredibly fun. And it's definitely something I am looking forward to learning more about as the season goes on. So yeah, Australia in two weeks. And I will try to get something out probably next Thursday, Friday, just in case there's been any news or See how that's going. Like, is Vettel going to be healthy? How's Mick Schumacher doing? Has Mercedes been making improvements? Uh, is McLaren going to have a runnable car in Australia? Because that's what Daniel Ricciardo was saying at one point. He said that he doesn't even expect this to be fixed by Australia. So that is definitely something to monitor moving forward. But once again, thanks for listening. You can obviously like, subscribe, whatever you want to do with this podcast. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at you in or you out. I said it correctly that time. So that's a win for me on a Monday morning. And yeah, once again, thanks for listening. And I will talk to you next time.